welcome to Spanning the Spurs, a San Antonio Spurs podcast and a member of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. And on Spanning the Spurs, we talk about the players, the coach, and the opposition of the best NBA team in Texas. I thank y'all for joining me, and let's get started. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Spanning the Spurs. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Knuck If You Buck, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, Thunderous Applause, and the Wizards Hoops Analyst, plus our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and the Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Welcome to episode four of Spanning the Spurs, a San Antonio Spurs podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinMBA. Make sure to check out Spanning the Spurs on Twitter at SpanTheSpurs on Facebook and Instagram at Spanning the Spurs. And we're part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network, so definitely make sure to look at the Hoopheads Podcast online, hoopheadspod.com, as well as on Twitter at hoopheadspodnet. You'll find a plethora of great shows. We have the Hoopheads Pod, the Cavs Central Pod, Nuck If You Buck, Grind Grits, 305 Culture Pod, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers Pod, Motor City Hoops, and Exynos Breakdown, among many others. So definitely make sure to check out all this great NBA content at your disposal. Uh, the network is constantly growing, and there is more on the horizon. All right, so today we're just going to recap quickly the Spurs' loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves in their second game of their two-game set, two set. Uh, they had won the first one, if you remember, uh, behind a dominant performance by DeMar DeRozan uh, in an overtime thriller, 125-122. to 122. However, uh, in the second game, they were missing DeMar DeRozan. He was uh, gone for personal reasons to see to uh, his uh, family member of his. And because of that, in my mind, mainly because of that, the Spurs offense lacked any continuity, anyone to really take the offense in a major way, which definitely uh, showed itself in the fourth quarter. But the Spurs would lose this game 88-96. to uh, Just looking at highlights for the Spurs, LaMarcus Aldridge and... Patty Mills led the way. Uh, LaMarcus Statline and Patty Mills, they were not the highest scorers of the team. That was Lonnie Walker. And Lonnie Walker had himself a very, very strong first half. He was knocking down threes. He was making good plays. He had four assists on the night. He was playing well. It wasn't until the second half of the game that he started going cold. And that's where LaMarcus Aldridge and Patty Mills continued where they had already started from the first half. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge finished with 20 points, 9 rebounds, and 4 assists. Uh, the mid-range Jay was working. The turnaround over that right shoulder like he does was going down. Patty Mills has been playing like he has all season, really being a spark plug off the bench, knocking down threes, providing some playmaking, uh, doing what he can contribute in that end. Aside from that, it was a pretty rough going. DeJounte Murray only only had 11 points and 5 assists. Keldon Johnson, 3 points and 7 rebounds. Uh, Trey Lyles definitely hit the glass with 10 boards, but only had 5 points. And you weren't getting many 
offensive contributions from literally anybody else. Rudy Gay off the bench, four rebounds and seven assists. There was nothing there. Um, and so you really needed what Patty Mills and LaMarcus Aldridge provided. But the problem is that, I mean, let's face it, these guys, LaMarcus Aldridge, last time he was helming a team kind of playing through him was a few years back. And Patty Mills has not been that guy at all. He can do it for stretches. And during this game, especially in the fourth quarter, at the four-minute mark, uh, the Spurs had 83 points. They would score just five points the rest of the way. It was very rough for them to generate any offense. And as Aldridge and Mills tired, the offensive opportunities further dissipated. And so that was a problem for them, especially since defensively they were rather loose, as they've been most of the season on and off. Um, D'Angelo Russell had a pretty strong game, 27 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Malik Beasley gave you 24 points and 3 rebounds, but nothing else for the Timberwolves. But his threes were timely, his slashes in the basket uh, we're definitely on point, and when you have those contributions plus Nas Reed with 11 points shooting some threes, it was a lot of offense in a game that didn't really feature a lot of offense. Uh, the highest scoring quarter for either team was the Spurs in the second quarter with 27 points. I mean, with 27 points um, for them, and then in the fourth quarter for the Timberwolves, the Timberwolves went on a relatively torrid for them 30-point quarter to close out the game, and Honestly, the Spurs just tired down the stretch. It felt like a listless game. It felt like the energy wasn't there. And when you had a guy like DeMar DeRozan, who is constantly putting pressure on the defense, is constantly playmaking for others, can manufacture that mid-range J, kind of get other guys in more of a proper hierarchy in terms of scoring and putting the ball in the basket on a consistent basis, you aren't getting that when he's not there. At least not right now. DeJounte Murray can do it in spots. Lonnie Walker in spots. Aldridge in spots, and Mills as well. I think you're seeing the common theme here. But as far as someone taking over for a consistent stretch and making that a priority, okay, give me the ball and I'll go to work. Give it to me again and I'll do it again. We didn't see that this game. And mind you, it is the second half of back-to-back. You know, I'm sure fatigue definitely had its way in this game. But it was disappointing to see a game that the Spurs definitely could have grabbed, slipped through their grasp because they weren't able to convert baskets. And defensively, I they let the Timberwolves get off, relatively speaking, to some easy points. And when you're not able to score and you're giving teams those opportunities to manufacture baskets, uh, it's kind of a struggle there. So with that loss, the Spurs do fall to 5-6, and six, and they will be looking uh, on to the next game, which is t- today, by the time you're listening to this, against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So going to take a quick second, and then we're going to talk about the Thunder, where they are, and how the Spurs look to play against them. So the Spurs play the Thunder next, and right now, honestly, the Thunder are a very interesting team. Uh, if you remember, Sam Presti really kind of blew it up, uh, traded Chris Paul, uh, got a plethora of picks, and continuing the haul that he's been assembling, uh, and got further involved in trade. Stephen Adams was out. Uh, as far as the only notable veterans, in came George Hill and Al Horford, and the Thunder looked to be, like, quite simply the worst team in the NBA. Well... Just like everyone expected, the Thunder are sixth in the Western Conference right now at 5-4, and four, coming off of a really good win over the Brooklyn Nets, 129-116. to 116. Uh, The Thunder right now are 29th in offensive rating, but they are 8th in defensive rating, uh, 26th in net rating. But do not take this team as a joke because that is the last thing that they are. OKC's been this scrappy team that's gotten a little bit of something from everything. It's It's been really interesting to see. It all starts with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who leads the team in both scoring and assists. But if you look at up and down the roster right now, you have, and get this, this is kind of crazy, no less than eight players in double digits, averages right now. 
eight players averaging double digits. And that's part of the intrigue about OKC. You don't know where it's going to come from. Uh, right behind Shea Gilgis-Alexander, he's averaging 21 points and six assists along with five rebounds. You have Lujan Stort, who has vastly improved from last year. He's averaging 12 points and three rebounds. Not a whole lot else other than that. A uh, little less than a steal and a block a game, but he's shooting 42% from three on just under five attempts a night. It's pretty crazy. Now, Hamadou Diallo, uh, still only 22, the longest uh, tenured Thunder player. He's averaging 12 points, five rebounds, and just under two assists a game. Still not shooting the three ball very well at 27%, but the dude can get to the rim like no other. He's gotten to the line a decent amount. He's someone to watch out for. George Hill and Al Horford are next in line. They're both averaging 11 points a game. Uh, to go along with those 11 points, George Hill is throwing in three and a half assists. To go along with those 11 points, Al Horford is averaging 7.1 rebounds. But both guys are steady, reliable. They're both shooting from deep in the mid to high 30s, 34% from Horford, 39% from Hill. Um, and on a robust attempts for each one, uh, 5.8 threes for Al Horford, 4.8 threes per game for George Hill. Darius Baisley has really come on as a starting power forward for them. He can get to the rim. He can shoot a little bit. He's averaging 11 points, 8 rebounds, and an assist and a half a game. Shooting the three, not so well, but definitely getting uh, himself to be a little bit of a problem. And still just 20 years old. Mike Muscala, we know what he does. He shoots the three ball well. He's 42% from out there on just under or just over five attempts a night, 10 points, and three boards. I've just run down <laughs> seven players. Isaiah Roby, I mean, these guys are all players that can at any point go off for 10 to 15, 15 to 20 in that range. But because you don't have one isolated guy to watch, they play bigger than the sum of their parts. And that makes them dangerous, especially for a Spurs team that does not have DeMar DeRozan, as that we know of right now, that does not have Derek White, of course, that is still trying to find their way. And you have to expect some more offensive attack from LaMarcus Aldridge. You have to expect more, more firepower from Patty Mills off the bench. But you have to look for more from the actual starting five. Lonnie Walker was your best guy outside of Aldridge on that starting five. You need more from DeJounte Murray. He's been all over the place. He's had some really strong games. He's had the triple-double game that was an uneven shooting performance, but still, and he's had some duds. And you want that aggressiveness. Uh, you want him to be confident in his jumper, uh, particularly from three. But if he's playing that way, then you give some more energy. He's going to have his hands full defending Shea Gildas-Alexander. That's going to be a fun match to, matchup to watch. Both these guys, long, athletic, crafty. It'll be really interesting to see how they kind of go back and forth against each other. But that's the matchup I'm really looking at. The next thing for me is the rebounding. The Thunder get down. I mean, they they scrap and grind, but the Spurs, who've had a problem with that and on the defensive end, can really rebound a little bit and make this game a, a muck-it-up type of game. That's what OKC is going to do. They can do the exact same thing. But what I want the Spurs to do is press the advantage as far as starting five in getting up and down the floor spacing it, playing that modern style that we've seen so much of San Antonio do this year, getting those threes flying, pushing the Thunder. It'll make it, the Thunder can play at this style, but making it less of a slow game and, and making it more of a fast-paced type deal. That's what I think would be beneficial for San Antonio. So for me, it's looking at that matchup between DeJounte Murray and Che Gilgis-Alexander. It's making sure that we're attacking the glass, but also pressing the advantage on the fast break. And I want to see who steps up in the absence of Marta Rose. And this might be something that... I mean, this is just a very small game sample size, but let's say DeMar DeRozan's gone to the trade deadline. Let's say, you know, next year he doesn't, he's not re-upped with San Antonio. Who is that guy? Right now we have a core of really solid pieces for San Antonio, but 
there needs to be that differentiating player that really stands up above the rest. Is it Derek White? And, is, you know, that doesn't help us right now because he shelved. But if that is Derek White, okay, there's the guy. But if it's not, can it be Alani Walker? He has shown flashes. Can it be DeJounte Murray as kind of a do-it-all Swiss Army knife point guard? Can it be Keldon Johnson, who has no problem filling up the basket? Getting to the basket, shooting the three ball, he can do a little bit of that. Who is going to be that person to step up in that absence? Or will it be a team effort where everyone chips in a little bit and community brings up um, the loss of both points production but also playmaking that DeMar DeRozan provides? So that's my look into this game against the Thunder. Don't sleep on them. They're a very competitive unit. They come out, they play hard, and they're unpredictable. They've, They've had some really, really solid wins. So I do see the Spurs pulling this out. Had a day or two of rest. That should be important to kind of catch up and get back into it. And and let's see what happens. But I'll do it here for rather short little preview recap episode of Spam the Spurs. Again, you can find Spam the Spurs on Twitter at Spam the Spurs. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Spam the Spurs. Check out the Hoopheads Podcast Network. And you can find me on Twitter at CorbinMBA. Well, that'll do it now, y'all. I appreciate y'all for listening. Until next time, go Spurs, go. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Now just about do it here for another episode of Spanning the Spurs. Thank y'all for joining me. Make sure to like, review, subscribe, wherever you find podcasts. If you like this show, make sure to check out the other great shows on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. A lot of great content going on over there forward certain. Where you can find me, oh, I'm glad you asked. Follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. And until then, stay cool, and I'll catch on next time on another episode of Spang the Spurs. And as always, go Spurs, go.